0: Good morning, everybody. Man, everybody's saying good morning to everybody, so that's good. Good start. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, and let's take up at verse 18. We'll be going a tiny bit slow at first, and then we're going to speed up, because today's supposed to be our last day, so... All right. In verse verse eighteen, I want to spend just a little bit of time on uh, a word here that uh, we take for granted down south here. It says, "For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us." We use the word "I reckon" is like, "Yeah, I guess so. Maybe you want to go? You want to go to the store with me?" I reckon. Paul uses in a little bit different way uh, the word "reckon." actually means to consider, to take into account, and it deals with reality. It deals with real, concrete things. It refers more to fact than supposition or opinion. In other words, it, I reckon it's talking about facts, not, yeah, I guess I'll go to the store with you. I reckon so. And we water that down, in, you know, we don't do it on purpose, but we water it down by that use when uh, God used that word for a reason. And uh, it means to weigh the reasons, for I reckon. Yeah. Okay, so we've got, let's just say we've got evolution over here, and well, we've got creation over here. Weigh the reasons. There's no reasons over here. There's lots of reasons over here, in creation. So in uh, verse nineteen, it talks about for the earnest. We're going to come back to reckon. No, we just we didn't stop there. Just hang in there. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestations. Manifestation of the sons of God. It's talking about the creature. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. In other words, the creature, us, we were, and the creation too, but this verse is talking about God, when he created us, he created us with the wonderful condition of choice. We can make a choice. We can choose to do evil, or we can choose to do good. And really, Romans chapter 8, that's what it's, that's basically boil it down, that's what it's talking about. So it says, for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Now let's go back to the for I reckon part. So we're we're, uh, we're weighing some facts here for I Reckon. Now, I'm going to delve into very shallow depths here in comparison to my microbiologist friends. So you're going to have to forgive me. Well, we're going to go lower than, we're going to go lower than that, actually. Because when you reckon between evolution and creation... When, when most of us older people were taught about uh, bacteria, we learned there's simple bacteria and there's complex bacteria. You remember that? Well, it's, it's no longer that anymore. Because why? Because now we've got electron microscopes that will go down to, we can see stuff in the nanometer range, billionths of a meter, Okay, really small. We're going to pick on one bacteria. I was reading in a magazine, it's called the Quanta Magazine, and when it talks about the creature and the creation, a creature is anything that's created, okay? That's why when the King James Bible says that when we become born again, we become a new creature, not a new creation. We're not created over again. Our nature is changed. We become new creature. It's kind of like you've got a, uh, have y'all ever heard of Philip Keller? Philip Keller was a, a professional sheep herder. He wrote some really good books. He talked about this one uh, sheep dog that he had gotten from a lady that, uh, that she couldn't handle it anymore. And this sheep dog was just wild. I don't know if you've all ever watched sheep dogs. I've watched them a bunch. I love watching them work. They're, Super intelligent animals. Well, this dog, it was not friendly to people. It, it didn't. It just didn't like to cooperate. So he was working with this dog, working with it and working with it and working with it. He'd have to put, it, put the food down and leave before the dog would even come out and eat. Finally, he got to the point, he says, you know, I'm going to have to put this dog down because he'll never be able to work sheep like I need it to. And he didn't want to do that. Well, he came up with an idea, a few ideas of taming the dog. He, that dog finally came around and became a good sheep dog. It was the same dog. But he became a new creature. He became different. That's like when you get saved, you become different. You don't, you don't long after the, that, those things that you longed after before. You're still the same Physical being, you weren't created and transformed into some, you know, new form, but inside you became a new creature. So the creature is anything created. Back to the bacteria, we're going to reckon about this. So the we had the supposedly the simple bacteria, which were called prokaryotes. That's the Greek word, okay, which and then you had the complex, which was the eukaryotes. And I know sometimes the eukaryotic and all that, so y'all just bear with me. But the Greek word prokaryotes means before, the simple was before the complex. Okay? The eukaryotes just means, uh, it, it's a Greek word meaning kernel. It means like this bacteria has a nucleus, this one doesn't. Okay, so we have some that's called magnetosomes huh y'all familiar with that magnetosomes this is a bacteria this is a prokaryotes this is supposedly the simple magnetosomes they manufacture they manufacture magnetic particles inside of them 15 to 20 in a chain okay They manufacture those magnetic particles inside of them so they can orient themselves to the magnetic lines of flux of the Earth so that they can navigate to where they need to go in the ocean. This thing doesn't have a brain. Okay? So the reason that I picked those is because when I worked on jet aircraft, jet aircraft, I worked on... uh, navigational systems, gyros and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we used a little unit about this big around that was mounted outside in the aircraft. It was called a flux valve transmitter because the magnetic lines of flux on the earth converge at the poles and then they, as the equator, they spread out. So in order for the uh, navigation system to, pr- to provide the pr- correct information for the instruments in the uh, cockpit, you, it had to know how f- far those magnetic lines were apart. So here's a bacteria that manufactures magnetic particles to be able to navigate vertically because that's the way the magnetic lines of flux goes from pole to pole. so that they can orient themselves to go where they need to get food. Now think about that. God's got this little thing. Uh, in fact, back when we were taught years ago about the simple and the complex, um, scientists said that the, uh, the simple bacteria uh, didn't have organelles in them. Well, now we find out they've got organelles. And what's an organelle? It's a tiny organ. And I'm being simplistic here. But we were we were taught that, well, there's no organelles in there. That's why it's simple. So we came from a simple bacteria to a complex bacteria to here we are. No. And, th- and this is not even getting into the DNA of a bacteria. Man, it is crazy how complex one little, one-celled bacteria is that w- here's before we even knew that we had magnetosomes, we were flying jet aircraft with the magnetic lines of flux in order to get the correct readings on your instruments. If you didn't have, if you didn't have that flux valve transmitter, you wouldn't know where you were going exactly. Okay. When we reckon on this, when we weigh the details of the so-called simple bacteria, and the details that God put into that one little bacteria, we, if we reckon right, if we think about, and remember, reckon doesn't just mean, yeah, I guess so, or whatever. It means it's, it deals with reality. We say, there is no way that uh, evolution could even enter into the picture. The more we learn about these things, the less credibility that evolution has, the more credibility creation has. And thus, if you've got creation, you've got a creator. If you've got a creator, he's a God. He is God. And then you need to do something with him. If you're not saved, then you get saved. If you are saved, then line yourself up with God. That's what the whole Romans chapter 8 basically comes down to. So let's go to verse 20. It says, for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who subjected the same in hope. It means, actually, the the Greek word that was used there, the the, uh, rabbis would use, they would use that word, ketisis. They would use it to describe a person that had come from idolatry and converted to to, to Judaism. In other words... A different creature. He's not an idolater anymore. You see, so the the whole thing about the uh, the word creature, the new and the reason I bring that up, the new Bibles say that we're a new creation. That's the reason I bring it up. Usually, uh, you would just kind of read over that the King James Bible says creature and that's the reason it means it means he changes you from the inside your spirit is born again you become a new creature not a new creation now here is where you get you can get bogged down in details the word for the Greek word for creature and the Greek word for creation same word same word so either we have a Bible that's been Uh, preserved by God or we can use either word we want God in the King James used creature for a reason and we just went over that reason in uh, verse 21 it says because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God liberty Liberty. Beautiful word, isn't it? We're, using, we're losing a lot of it in the United States. It was founded on liberty. Liberty is a beautiful word, and liberty is what we should experience when we get saved. We should be liberated. I've explained to you before, the, the morning after I got saved, it was like, man, this is a whole new world out here. I'm going, Wow. We're looking at, I'm looking at the stars, and, and speaking to that, you realize now they the scientists believe that there's over 200 billion galaxies out there, and that's just the ones we think we can see because we've got the new, you know, web telescope up there. 200 billion. 200 billion. Can you even fathom what a billion is? A billion. Let me give you a, a little description that I used to tell the kids here's how you can tell what a billion is if if I handed you a dollar bill every second 24 hours a day 365 days a year okay a dollar bill every second every second every day 365 a year it would take me 32.7 years to give you a billion dollars I'm just sitting here every second. It would take 32.7 years. Our country's, what, 30-some billion, or trillion dollars in debt now? You know how much, do, how much it would take to do a trillion that way? 3,270 years. I think we'd all be dead by then. So they're thinking there's 200 billion galaxies, not stars, galaxies out there. And what are we reading in the Bible in Genesis during the creation? He created the sun. He created the moon. And it's like, and he created the stars also. It's like, okay, 200 billion galaxies that we can see or estimate. And you think evolution did that? I don't think you do. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. I mean, just, I mean, I reckon, I reckon that evolution didn't do a thing. <laughs> that's what i reckon i reckon god created it oh man so we as creature are subject to vanity we're subject to do wrong we're subject we're subject to do uh empty and vain things which is what vanity means In verse 21, again, it says, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Delivered, you're made free. You're made free. And it says, delivered from the bondage of corruption. Let's go to 1 Corinthians real quick. There I go with that word again, real quick. 1 Corinthians 15. Bad habit. 42. It says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in in corruption. No more aches, no more pains, no more sciatica, no more, you know, any of that stuff. No more back aches, no more headaches. Isn't that going to be nice? Free. Liberty. Let's go to, uh, we're going to wind up going to Luke 19. But in verse 22, it says, uh, of Romans, it says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. The whole creation is waiting for God to manifest himself. In Luke chapter 19... if I can find my way there. Luke chapter 19, verse 40. He says, And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that, if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. the, the The whole creation is groaning, travailing together until now. He said, he said that uh, in verse thirty-nine, some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, "Master, rebuke thy disciples." He says, "Rebuke thy disciples," and he answered and said unto them, "I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out." Isn't that something? Didn't we have a? Didn't we have a Balaam's ass talk? Isn't that? Isn't that something? Creation, the corruption, we're going to be liberated. In verse uh, 23 of Romans chapter 8, it says, And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Redemption meaning deliverance liberation. In verse 24, it says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth. Why doth he yet hope for? Now, this is not the kind of hope that, uh, well, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about, we read about these, we read about the Lord coming back, we read about the rapture, we read about the, our redemption and we're waiting for that blessed hope it's it's got substance to it in verse 20 25 it says do what yeah go ahead ah uh. That would that would have to be, up to uh, brother Aaron. Or is that okay? Okay. So, good. Thank you, very much. Okay, because there is so much stuff in this chapter. In the uh, where it talks about being subjected the same in hope to the Christian is a joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation in other words we trust God we've reckoned that word reckon is you need to do a study on it it is very powerful reckon it's it's uh, like I say we've you know, Satan has us, as a human race, use terms so that it doesn't, it waters down the true definition. You know, just like I, when I get on to OMG and, uh, you, know, used to, you know, years ago they used to say Jiminy Crickets. And they used to say, you know, it's, it's talking, they're, they're using God's name as a swear word. It's just what we used to call Christian cursing, Christian cussing. And uh, just uh, and and what Satan will do is we'll, he'll get us around people, and we hear this, and I say, well, that's not too bad. We'll use that same word, and we we'll use there's words that you just shouldn't use. Um, and if you would think about it, if you would if you would realize what's what's happening, it's just like I reckon. You know, I was always brought up. You know, I reckon so. You know, yeah, okay. You know kind of saying, maybe, yes, yeah, sure. That's not what it means at all. It's like math. You know, math, it's, your answer is either right or wrong. <laughs> you know, I used to use a lot of uh, trigonometry in the machine shop when you're laying out. Of course, now you've got computer programs that does all this stuff. But you used to. You had to sit down and you had to, you had to calculate this stuff out. How many of you ever re- really used a slide rule before? I've used a slide rule before, way back in the day. Way back in the day, I had an engineer slide rule. Got fairly good at it. You don't even need that anymore. man. You can just get it on your phone or computer and say, you know, here's what I want to do. But to calculate a bolt hole circle in a, in a uh, part you're making for a, a jet aircraft... Yeah, it had to be accurate. I mean, you were calculating an angle. We had what's called a sign bar, and that sign bar has uh, extremely accurate placed uh, mounting, I'm going to say rods, where you can, you can lay one rod down here on a surface granite plate, and here you stack up some really, really accurate Joe blocks, and you can, get an, you can get an angle within a tenth of a thousandth and then you can use that to machine or grind or whatever you're going to do. So if we can do that, God can make a single-cell bacteria as complicated as it is, and if you can do, you go into that, now you see the, the DNA strands in there, and you're going, there is no way that happened by accident or by chance. There's, there's a, if, you, if you have what we call half a brain, you know that it had to be created. Created means creator, means God. What are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with him as a Christian? You say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, well, what are you going to do with him as a Christian? Are you going to align your uh, life with God? Like those bacteria align themselves with it. That was just amazing. With the magnetic uh, lines of the earth. I mean, it's, I, I was, I've been watching some old Carl Sagan stuff. Carl Sagan was an atheist. He's not anymore. Uh, but he looked through a telescope, and he saw the galaxies, and he said, there is no way that there's only life on this little bitty planet here in the middle of nowhere, in a very small planet. He said, there's no way. He said he couldn't, be, he couldn't believe that God would do that. And here's the thing. God sent his own son to that, this one little planet that's just a, a dot in the middle of 200 billion galaxies. And he put us here so he could save us. I mean, if, if you look, I, I post it every once in a while. It'll show, you know, you are here, Earth. And then you see Jupiter. And then you see Saturn. And then you see the sun. And you're going, man, God put all that together just by speaking it into existence. And you think you're going to describe it or you're going to say that that all came about by chance. It didn't come. It didn't come by chance, it came by design and I know I'm uh, preaching to the choir here, but hopefully I'll get your minds thinking where um, look at a bacteria, check it out, it's pretty cool you know, talk to D talk to Paul, They, they, they got this stuff right here, they know what's going on with it, that's what they that's what they learned and then they got demoted to meteorologist's (laughs) <laughs> so we see that um, back in verse 21 again because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption we're under bondage we're, some of us are getting older some of us are getting a little weaker some of us have to take pills to maintain our health And the rest of you, it's coming. (laughs) It's coming for you too. That's the bondage of corruption. And we're going to be delivered from that. In verse 23 again, And not only they, but ourselves also, it says that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, not only they who? The whole creation. Remember those stones we talked about in Luke where it says they would cry out? It says, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. That's those of us that are saved. The first fruits of the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. That's when you got saved, when you when you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Spirit moved in, and the new creature began to grow. And where it says, Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. Remember what uh, John said at the end of Revelation: "Even so, come quickly." Are you waiting for that? Are you, are you, too worried about uh, getting stuff? Are you waiting for that? Are you just man? Would you rather just wake up in heaven in the morning, or you would rather get that new truck or that new? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I wouldn't mind having a new truck. I mean, you know, no problem. But I'd rather be in heaven the next morning. <laughs> Not saying that, I, you know, wouldn't want uh, wouldn't want to get a, a new vehicle. But man, that's like tenth place down there somewhere. So sorry for all you auctioneers that sell cars, you know what I mean? But it says here the redemption. We talked about it being deliverance and liberation. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. It says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. In verse 14, it says, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. And it's talking about, well, verse 13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of God, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Notice that it says... Uh, most, most times that it is uh, the phrase Holy Spirit in the New Testament, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right. I think there's only one time that the word holy is capitalized, and it's talking about his name at that time. Every other time it's in the New Testament is little h, Holy Spirit. Now, what's, why is that? You know, you know I, I keep teaching y'all, or, or telling y'all to, to pay attention to those little s's and the large s's and all this. Holy, the Holy Spirit, little h is talking about His attributes, His character. The the one time that it's capital H is talking about that's His His name, His person. The little h is talking about He's holy. Be ye holy as I am holy, saith the Lord. So verse 14 again, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. And then in chapter 4 of Ephesians, in verse 30, it says, And grieve not the holy, little h, spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed Until the day of redemption. Now I can liken that to. Having children. And not wanting them to grieve me. I'm wanting them to. Be. Good. Christian. uh, Examples in their lives. And. When they do something that's out of. Character. That is. Grieving the Holy Spirit it should also grieve the parent. It should, you see what I'm saying? Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the the day of redemption. And then uh, it says in Colossians, let's go over to Colossians real quick. Well, there I go with real quick quick again. Colossians chapter 1, a really good verse. To check out your Bible version, 14, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. The new Bibles like to take out the phrase, through his blood. So what are we saying? We're saying that this spirit that we have, God's spirit, gives us deliverance. It liberates us. makes us feel, feel even, and I, don't, I, I really don't use that word a lot, <laughs> feel, but we do feel like we want the Lord to come back if we're really right with God. We want him. We want him to come back. We'd rather have him come back than anything else in the world. In verse 24 of Romans chapter 8, he says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth. Why doth he yet hope for? If you've you've got what you want in the Holy Spirit, then why would you hope for anything else to take the place for your redemption, for your salvation? Why would you hope in any other thing, any other man, any other religion, any other way? There's no other way. Why would you do that? It's, it's being satisfied with the Lord as your Savior. You're not, you're not wanting to go after anything else. You're not wanting to go after things. You're not wanting to go after um, uh, money or uh, just stuff. You want to see stuff? Come out to my driveway, you'll see stuff. And when I say stuff, I'm talking about car wash, junkyard. There's stuff out there. There's barrels. There's you know, whatever my sons haven't scavenged off the, the landscape out there. There's there's motors, there's electrical contactors, there's, you know, I mean, there's stuff. You know what I'm saying? What good's it gonna do? Well. Sometimes stuff will help you out in a bind. But instead of just desiring stuff, desire to love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And uh, seek these things first. It says in Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 33, I believe it is. It says, uh, and all these other things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, Romans chapter eight is laying down the the conflict between, you know, as in uh, chapter six and seven talks about, and uh, we'll, we'll be getting some cross references over to, uh, well, Romans Romans six where it says we're subject to vanity. Uh, just like Aaron said, it's a, good, it's a good thing would be for you to read Romans chapter 6 and chapter 7 along with this because it just gives you the, the background of we're creatures of conflict. We are in this body of flesh, but we got a spirit inside of us that wars against the flesh, and we want to do what's right, and then maybe most of the time we do, but then there's those times we fall. But we have a hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, because He has promised us the redemption from corruption, as we've as we've studied. So we're gonna we're gonna end right here, uh, somewhere around verse twenty four, and uh, we'll take it up next time. And thank you for the extra time; I appreciate it. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We ask, the Lord, that you would just bless your word and help us, Lord, to understand it more and become better, more vibrant Christians for you and to place our desires on you and not just on things of this world. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.